fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Kyle Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 49, Creeping Up on 50, and that's an I-L in Roman numerals. I know I've been given a little bit of hell recently, uh, well not recently, but uh, in the course of this podcast for busting out my knowledge of Roman numerals, a little bit of shade's been thrown my way. But we are creeping up to episode number 50. Episode number 49 right now, the Fantasy Fullback Dive, brought to you by the good people at the Rose Street Journal. I, of course, am your host, Nat the Truth Jones, who has been on lockdown all weekend, which we'll get into in a minute. Uh, and joining me, as always, the Wolf of Roto Street, my co-host, who has been the opposite of on lockdown all weekend. Uh, coming back from the Mile High City, where he was high, is my understanding. Am I wrong? Am I, am I overstating things? I think a mile high is not even close <laughs> to the estimate of how high I was. Yeah, it was a fantastic weekend. Definitely enjoyed the legalities down there, uh, the extra rules. It gives me some new hope for the future. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to Denver, but the way these shops are, it's like you're literally grocery shopping. When I say a kid in a candy store, I, I mean it very literally, like any type of candy you want, any type of food you want. And then just, you know, all the different vaporizers and pens and, you know, they're like, oh, make sure you're here next weekend for our craft bud fest. We have all these new strands we're testing out and we won second place in the tasting contest. It's just like insane, a whole different culture out there that I'm very convinced is going to take over the entire country soon enough. And I absolutely loved my stay out there. What a weekend. It was wild. I think eventually, uh, you know, it'll get like that. I have been to Denver, although not since all this went down. It was a while ago, you know, like early 2000s, something like that. Okay. uh, You know, and I I had a great time when I was there, although I would have had a much, much better time, uh, you know, now. I mean, one of the one time when I was in the Denver area, I saw a fish four days in a row at Red Rocks, which was uh, pretty nasty in 1996. They got banned for like uh, 10 years after that because a lot of hell was raised. Let's just say (laughs) you can park on the side of the road and just camp in Colorado. And so me and my entourage of people just kind of like, you know, and and like thousands of other people were literally just like, you know, there were just people like lying on the side of the road for miles, like outside of Red Rocks for like a week. Unreal. Yeah, that's my Colorado experience. Um, Well, and the other benefit was watching Tom Brady. I've never seen him in an away stadium. So this is my first time seeing him uh, spank another opponent. I mean spank, like pure. You can't really call the 2017 Denver Broncos an opponent. Yeah, but that's your team. You were talking shit about them early in the year. They started out hot. Sure, sure. After like three weeks, they looked like a legitimately very good football team. You saw the same thing I saw. Yes, they they looked all right. And, you know, Brady historically has struggled there. But, man, there was no historic struggles there this weekend. He just absolutely dominated them. You know, all the Broncos fans leaving by the end of the third quarter while we just cheered them away. Unbelievable tailgate, though. I'll give it to Denver. They they can throw a mean tailgate yeah, out there. Denver's like the real deal. Like the it's city. an awesome the city, city, man. Yeah, what a, what a cool place. You know, not beyond just the the legal le, you know legal treats they have there now. 
and, and the football itself. Just a really cool city that we were, we were busy all weekend. We went to a college football game Saturday, so we didn't get a ton of time to just like relax and, and explore the city. So I, I hope to get out there again soon because I love my experience out there. It's a great place. The, the altitude, though, it gets to you, man. Yeah, I played uh, tennis when I was out there one time, and the ball really travels like extremely fast. Like yeah. it probably added like five, ten miles an hour to my serve, uh, nice. and so you understand why like the guys in Coors Field for the Rockies hit so many home runs and stuff like right. that. It really is real. Um, it is. Yeah. So I had the opposite weekend of you, which is that <laughs> this weekend has been dedicated to uh, potty training my son, oh, who boy. is you know not quite two and a half. And let me tell you something, man. It's no picnic. Um, I don't remember much about potty training my daughter, but this se- this seems a lot harder than that. I mean, this kid. I mean, I've I've cleaned up so many puddles of urine and piles of shit off the floor <laughs> this weekend. I mean, it's it's really it, it it's it's a scene, man. Oh, I imagine. I, I mean, we were cleaning up our own uh, puddles of different things to ourselves. So I guess our weekends aren't so different in that sense. But at least it was our own doing. Not uh, maybe it's because it's like not your first time anymore. So it's lost that luster. If there is any luster to like potty training a kid, what's well, my first Once time first with a boy? Your belt, like, the, yeah. the, the the penis changes everything. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I yeah, mean, you sure. know, you can just like whip that thing out. Uh, it's completely different. Anyway, and part of that is we really don't leave the house or like whoever, he doesn't leave the house. So someone's got to be with him. So I, I'm, I'm not a guy who like goes out much anyway, but I certainly go out, like leave the, the property multiple times a day, but not now. Mm. And so I'm going a little stir crazy um, and still cleaning up tons of urine, <laughs> urine and feces. So, uh, you know, and, and had another lousy fantasy football weekend. My fantasy football seasons have completely fallen apart. Oh, um, no. You know, well, I mean, you saw it coming. It was, you know, I've, I've been on borrowed time for a while. The hometown league, I drafted the team I want. The computer has said that I'm going to win like the last five or six weeks. And it's just my team just does has not performed. I mean, basically, uh, my, the, my running backs are all on teams that, that basically all decided that they were going to quit the same week. Like the Buccaneers have quit as a team. The Broncos have quit as a team. Uh, the Bills might have quit as a team, you know, and that was, that was what I was like loading up on. And, and so anyway, I'm done. Uh, I'm starting to plan for next season. I even lost to CJ, which is just like, you know, embar- oh. embarrassing on many levels. Of course uh, it is. He didn't even have a good game. It was just better than me. So anyway, yeah, that's brutal. They're yeah, quitting I'm, on their fantasy owner, man. They knew Matt, the truth, was their owner, and they just he didn't have the balls this year. He's too I don't busy. Bl- I don't blame him. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. I'm I'm reduced to little more than just kind of like a household janitor right now, and uh, <laughs> you know, a household janitor that's like you know maybe slightly above average at fantasy football. That's how yeah. I, that's how I would describe myself right now. I know. I I personally had. My best week in, in weeks in my uh, big league, the Fez, but it didn't even matter, which was that much more devastating because I was facing Robert Woods and Adam Thielen oh. combined for like, you know, 70 something themselves. So it was a tough one, even putting up, you know, 115 ish, 120, good for second or third most in the league and then still losing. And my pathetic team hasn't even broken 100 in weeks. So, so what th- are you, what you, know, are you four and six now in the Fez? Four and six, just tumbling. I'm, I'm four and six in my hometown team. And just to be clear, I've gone 120, 125, like two of the last four weeks, and I just oh. and I got beat both times. 
Um, so, Brutal. you know, it's a good team, but I'm not going to make the playoffs. And, and it really, it, it's a tough pill to swallow. Um, oh, yeah. With that said, we got draft, uh, you know, our, our daily fantasy stuff with Jimbo, hopefully coming up in a little while, our DFS stuff. Um, we've gotten a couple testimonials, right? We had a guy actually contact you and tell you how well he's been doing just following the DFS stuff, right? Basically says uh, Jim, Jimbo's making him a bunch of money. Yeah, absolutely. Our boy, uh, Willie Applesauce, just kind of texted me. I've been meaning to tell you the DraftKings articles on your site are awesome. I've been doing great using it, playing a league with 10 buddies, and have won two of the last uh, two of the five we've done and never been out of the top three in it. So he's made money each time, and he's won it uh, 40% of the time since he's been listening to us. So Jimbo's been raking home the dough for him, and and he was going to rake home the dough for everybody else who's listening today because we've been just on fire with our DFS picks. So he's actually gonna, he's ready to roll. He just texted me. He's ready to go. So we'll get him on in a second and make you guys the millionaires uh, after we make ourselves millionaires first, of course. Yeah, of course, we're going to take the first million. But after that, you guys are welcome to get a cut. I also wanted to share with you a trade offer I got because we were talking last week about just terrible, terrible trade offers. And mm-hmm. as, as if on cue in the Roto Street Journal League, uh, I'm pretty sure this is Mad Money, Mike. Mm, 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 mm. Yep, Mad Money. Yeah, he he sent me this deal, uh, and and I use the word deal with quotes uh, firmly around it. Um, he offered me the the jackpot of Thomas Rawls, Devonte Booker, and and Kai Forbeth. All, oh, all three of those guys. Yeah, yeah. I don't For, know what he was asking for. Well, but he I can't wanted he, he turned it down. Well, he wanted Jay Ajayi. Okay. And and Stefan Diggs. Pretty fair. And Tyreek. Oh my God! He's just asking. That's like that. Come on, that cannot be serious. I know. Man. I was. I, it's like I don't even know this guy. So like you know, if it was like you, I would be like, oh, he's fucking with me. But I mean, this guy, like, I don't know. Maybe he hears me on the podcast and thinks that guy sounds stupid. <laughs> he hears about all your fantasy struggles and thought he could kind of trade rape you there. That's I don't think just he's awful, ever. Though. I don't think he's ever heard of me making a dumb trade. Like that's one. I, I very rarely make a stupid trade. Um, you know, for all my other problems, but you would admit that is just like an epically horrible offer, like yeah. to the point where he should be shamed and maybe get a tattoo or something. Shame. Oh, he deserves all the shame. I know shame. Nate's going to be queuing up that shame bell right shame. now. He does. I mean, he deserves more than that. Like you, when shame. somebody gives you an offer that insulting, like you shame. should be able to just punch them square in the nose. Shame. I like, literally would as- not have traded one of those three players shame. for those. For the, the pack, yeah, the package was it was all pure shit. Shame. That has to be. It's a like joke. here's that a third is. string running back Shame. for a terrible running team, a second Shame. string running back for another terrible running team, and like a kicker, Shame. right? Ugh. It makes it, honestly, it gets it makes me mad even talking about it a little. bit. I, I think he needs to. Doesn't it make you mad? Doesn't it make you mad? Like when you it, hear it stuff infuriates like that? me. Stuff like that that's just so insulting and degrading as a fantasy owner to have somebody offer you that. I don't care if you're in the basement or where you are. That's just disgusting. I think you know he's a longtime listener. So Mad Money Mike, you need to explain yourself. You need to send in a wine line recording of what the hell you were thinking, offering such a disgusting and awful deal. I've respected you all year. You've sent in some great recordings yeah, so far. Definitely. But you have some explanation to do. So next episode, I expect to have a Mad Money Mike plug for what the hell that was and why you think that's even okay as a fantasy owner. You deserve to just burn in hell right now for that. That's just yeah. god awful. You have a week. So to, you have a week to explain yourself. Um, yes. All right. With that said, we got DFS stuff coming up uh, with the red hot Jimbo slice. Um, we've also got a segment we like to call five burning questions, although we might actually add in some more burning questions in that. But a couple, you know, we're in week, what is it, week 11? 
Week 11, baby. Jesus, week 11. Uh, we're going to do that, and then we got a pretty big mailbag. Um, and you know, then we'll wrap it up and this is episode 49. So next one, next time you hear us, it's going to be episode 50 or as the Romans would have called it episode L. So with that said, we'll be right back after this. Here comes the money. All right, we are back, uh, and we got Jimbo Slice, whose ears might be burning because we were just reading testimonials from people that say you've been making them an awful lot of money lately. So, uh, good to have you on the show. I guess you've been at least somewhat hot, right? Uh, yeah, I had uh, I had Robert Woods last week, um, uh, so he was, I think, the top scorer overall. So, uh, you know, anytime you get him in your lineup uh, with that kind of production, you're going to end up with some pretty good money. So, it was a good week. It was a very good week. So, Jimmy, I know that you're a big college basketball fan and specifically a big Duke fan, correct? Uh, that is correct. And Duke had a big win over number two ranked. I know it's early in the season to be throwing rankings around, but uh, over number two ranked Michigan State, which is a solid win. Um, and, you know, Grayson Allen, who most of the country despises, uh, had a huge game and is off to a good start. I wanted to ask you a semi-unrelated college basketball question, which is, as you know, uh, the middle ball child got caught uh, going store to store stealing in China. Uh, recently, and he has been suspended indefinitely uh, by UCLA. You remember last year, Grayson Allen was suspended indefinitely, which ended up being like three games or something. What do you think should happen to a guy that goes on a school trip to China and goes store to store stealing stuff? Uh, You know, what do you get kicked off the team? I would totally kick anybody off the team for doing that. UCLA doesn't seem interested. What are your thoughts on that? I mean... Because it's this ball kid at UCLA and, and it's not Grayson Allen, they'll probably just, you know, give him a slap on the wrist. Oh, here's like, uh, you, you'll miss a game or two when it should be way, way more. But, oh, no, you, you just you trip someone in a game and all of a sudden you're the villain of college basketball and you're the next Antichrist. So, I mean, you, you see how it goes here. And so, you, you, you're the center of an international incident where literally the president has to like talk to the prime minister of China or whatever and like be like, hey, will you send these guys home? Um, and now like you owe Donald Trump for like, you know, you owe Donald Trump a solid. That's a rough spot to be in. Anyway, uh, just wanted to ask you that question. Let's talk a little bit of DFS, guys. The wolf is just struggling over here on the split screen. Uh, for, those, for those of you watching at home, uh, Jimmy looks cool as the other side of the pillow. The wolf looks like he's been, you know, it looks like he's been in a Chinese prison for the last 16 hours after stealing sunglasses uh, under the hot interrogation lights. He is sweating like right. crazy over there. Um, let's talk a little bit of DFS. Jimmy, who are you rolling out at quarterback this week? Um, you know, there weren't that many cheap options this week at QB, so I decided to go with Alex Smith, 6'7". Um, they're at the Giants. As we've seen, the Giants have just been awful. It's like they've given up as a whole, um, especially defensively. Uh, we just saw what Beathard and the 49ers just did to them, and Alex Smith has significantly more weapons at his disposal. So I like Alex Smith as a kind of a, I wouldn't say an expensive option, but he's definitely um, he's definitely someone I can roll around with this week for you know a medium price, not going all the way up too far for the you know, the Brady's or the Wentz's of the elite category. Wolf, do you feel uh, up for laying yours out or, or are you just going to take a pass on these? 
No, I'm good to go. Sorry, I might have a few huge coughs in between here and there. My lungs are not quite the same after that Denver trip, so I've been wheezing quite a bit. But uh, I'm with Jimbo. I think this is a good week to spend up on QB. I'm I'm doing my money saving at the running back position. I think there's a lot of good value at running backs this week. And I'm actually looking at the the most expensive guy, and that's Tom Brady. I think he's just going to be – it's going to be a shootout game. I love the, the potential game flow there for the aerial attacks of both the Raiders and the Pats. I've been kind of switching between Brady and Derek Carr if I want to save money at QB at 6400 I, I really like Derek Carr as well. But for right now, I really just see Brady having one of those monster four TD type of days, and I think it's going to be worth paying up the uh, premium to get him. The only cheap guy I'm considering, and this is kind of disgusting, but it's uh, Blaine Gabbard at 4900 If I'm really just trying to punt the position, they're facing Houston who can get beat deep all the time. He averaged 8.7 yards per attempt in the preseason. He's got the weapons to go deep on Houston. So I can see Blaine Gabbert really surprising at 4,900, but right now I have Brady locked in. And you always have been a big Blaine Gabbert <laughs> fan, so I guess it's not that oh, surprising. Yeah. What's Brady going for? You said he's the most expensive guy. What's he locked in at? I think it's, what, 7,400, Jimbo? Yep, 74. All right, fair enough. Let's go to running back. Jimmy, who are you rolling out at the running back spot this week? Uh, after his huge game last week, I'm starting it off with Mark Ingram, 8,100 this week. Uh, at home against the Redskins, they should be a big favorite. Anytime you can get a home favorite, uh, you know, it's usually good to go with that running back. You know, some people might be scared off by Kamara and what he can do, but I mean, both of these guys put up big time numbers for this offense, and it's like they're no longer a uh, pass first offense. So, you know, Ingram and Kamara are both good plays, but uh, give me. I feel more uh, confident in Ingram, despite his 81 uh, price tag being a little <laughs> higher. I, I really like Ingram this week. Who's your top dog, Trakoff? Wolf? So I <clears throat> talked about the uh, how I'm going to save money at running backs this week. So I'm going real cheap at the position. I love Rex Burkhead at 3600 and uh, Kenyon Drake at 4800 Both have great matchups. I can see Brady hooking up with Burkhead for at least a one receiving score. And with Gillisley inactive... Burkett offers the most you know, touchdown potential. I know Deion Lewis got some of the goal line looks this past week, but I really think Burkett could inherit that role. He's the most versatile of the three backs in terms of power running, receiving ability. I think Burkett's going to just keep continue growing and growing his, his snap count and his usage, and he's already, the past three games, had at least 12 fantasy points in three of the last four uh, contests. So I really love Burkett. I think 3600 is a complete underprice. And I think Kenyon Drake, he's been ripping off long run after long run, hard runner, looks really explosive out there in Miami. So facing Tampa Bay, giving up the uh, second most points to fantasy running backs, so 30th overall ranking against the RB position. They're, they're a complete sev. They've given up as a team. And I think Drake uh, continues to have a nice another nice contest. I think he's underpriced because he was the Monday night guy and he scored, you know, a nice 16 on Monday night. I could see another 16 point effort for, you know, under 5k. I love that. So I'm saving it running back going Kenyon Drake and Rex Burkhead this week. All right. He's going with the, uh, you know, the swag running back approach. Uh, Jimmy, you got Ingram at the top. Who are you putting out to round out your running backs? Uh, our old boy, Jay Ajayi. He was a guy who was, uh, you know, he used to be consistently priced in the 6k, 7k range. You can get him at 5,300 this week. He's at Dallas. Dallas just lost Sean Lee, their top linebacker, to uh, to injury. And, you know, it's a primetime game. I feel like you're going to see your best from the Eagles. They kind of – they didn't really feature him entirely last week, but he still, with his limited touches, managed to break off a huge run, put up good points, and they say they're going to feature him even more this week in the offense. So this could be one of those, you know – 
200 yards, not exactly the 200 yards, but those big-time games that Ajayi had uh, last year, this could be his coming-out party in Philly. Yeah, I absolutely love that call, Jimbo. The only thing is I, I only play the Millionaire Maker, and the the primetime games, is it included in that? Because I didn't see Jay Ajayi on the uh, player list I was looking at. I absolutely love that price point on him. I think that's going to be the play of the week, if so. But I, I didn't see him in my player list. Uh, that's that's the Sunday night game, so he won't be in the Millie. Uh, okay, yeah, I love the call, but I'm I'm going straight for that Millie to, to take over my life. If you can't get at least a million dollars out of one of these things, though, it's not the worth the wolf's time. No, uh, not at all. Um, Jimmy, I'll probably just throw Burkhead in there. <laughs> and and you know, I gave you hell about uh, always being a big Blaine Gabbert fan, which I admit to the public was a complete lie. But the Wolf has always been talking up Rex Burkhead to the point I'm where I've huge, been making that's, that's fun of him true. literally since like July about this. And he was kind of hanging his head in shame until recently when all of a sudden Rex Burkhead just became a, a viable fantasy and reality football option, making the Wolf look kind of sneaky smart through the back door. Published him on uh, Fantasy Pros as one of my top late round running back options that no one's going to draft but's going to explode in, in 2017. I really think he has stretch run hero potential here. I, I love what I'm seeing out of Burke as a Patriots fan and as a fantasy fan too. So loving him this week at that price and just moving forward. Can't uh, wait to see. I, what I he don't does. think you're wrong about this. I feel like you deserve the shout out because you know only our. Most- you give me hell. About well, this. well, deservedly so. Come on, the guy Burkhead's a beast in week 11. Or week he 10 or whatever. Up. Like, where was he? Like, you know, if you had drafted Burkhead, it would have been a huge mistake. You were like, I would die before I'd ever put a guy named Rex Burkhead into my lineup. And now you're like, I don't okay, think that's a, I don't think that's a direct a, quote, but I definitely gave close. you a ton of hell for Rex Burkhead because you're yes. such a Patriots homer that anybody that they put on the roster, you're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, he could be the next big thing. But, I mean, I'll give you credit. Rex Burkhead looks pretty good. They're using him in the way that uh, – he should be used, obviously, and you know, and they did sign him to a decent sized contract, so I guess it makes sense that they're using him. But I digress. Jimmy, who are you rolling out at wide receiver? Uh, for my trio of receivers, I got uh, Wolf's boy last week, Sterling Shepard, coming in at sixty three. Oh baby, uh, I like him. Kansas City, uh, one of the worst pass defenses. Eli and him got that connection going. Giants at home, I think. Uh, he can have another solid game, and for a 63, that's a good price for him. I like DeAndre Hopkins at 6-1. You know, his price dropped drastically since they lost Watson, but, you know, he's still getting a healthy number of targets. Um, you know, they're playing the, the Cardinals at home. Uh, I'm not too scared of Patrick Peterson if he's going to end up shadowing him. Hopkins should still see, you know, the healthy number of targets, good amount of looks, and for a 6,100, all he needs is about 13 to 15 points, and that would pay off nicely. Um, then I got Dontrell Inman, uh, who got, just got traded to the Bears. I think he really? had six or eight catches in his debut at Trubisky. So they finally got uh, the rookie someone to throw to. Um, so I like the, uh, in, Inman there at home for the Bears this week. He's only 3,200. So that's a lot of flexibility that you can do with the rest of your lineup. Wow. Okay. Uh, I agree with you, by the way, completely. Hopkins, very undervalued fantasy-wise at this point. I mean, what, what's Watson been out for two games? And the guy's still put up substantial numbers both games. Wouldn't you say, well, 
<clears throat> oh, yeah, absolutely. He's been crushing it, although this week I'm going to be on the, the opposite side of that. I do worry about Patrick Peterson when it comes to one of these awful quarterbacks thrown in the rock. I know they forced it to him in a, whenever he's even in tight coverage. I could see Patrick Peterson being a different story this week, so he's not somebody I'm targeting. Even though 6100 is a great price point for him and the upside he brings to the table, I just could see him getting shut down a bit. I do love the Inman play, though. 3200 I didn't realize... Inman was that cheap, uh, and he's always been just kind of that reliable guy that, like you said, six to eight catches whenever he was forced into the lineup for the uh, the Chargers last year. So I could totally see him emerging as the wide receiver one there. Solid wave wire pickup this week, too. So I like the Inman play. I don't have any of those guys in my lineup outside of Sterling Shepard, though. He's my locked-in guy. Has to be in every lineup. I predicted it last week, even in my ridiculous state of being on that uh, – Sunday show. I don't know if you guys were able to tune in or not, but I was in a horrible shape. And uh, I did have some good predictions, though. I said Sterling Shepard would blow up. We talked about George Kittle uh, being out and Grant, Grant Selleck being in the great stream of the Hail Mary of the week. And he had 60 in a TD. So as disgusting of shape as I was in, we still had some good predictions. Shepard being the best of them, though. Coming off an 11 catch, 140 yard day. I think he does it again against that Kansas City defense. And then I have Michael Crabtree. I mentioned I love the game flow of the Patriots game. I think it's going to be a shootout in Mexico City. So it, to me, it comes down to Crabtree or Cooper. Both of them offer, I think, huge ceilings. Right now I have Crabtree, and I think he's the higher floor and potentially higher ceiling too. So I have Crabtree going now. I want to see if there's any blurbs on who's going to cover who and whatnot. I don't know if it even matters. Though the Patriots defense has been god-awful all year. And then Jeremy Macklin rounds out my receivers right now. Uh, I think he's only 4,500 this week. Against uh, Green Bay secondary, that's been god-awful all year. They're 28th right now, ranked. So they've been getting destroyed. Great matchup for Macklin. Love that uh, just kind of no huge assets there in the the wide receiver. And I don't love any of the big names this week. So I just kind of went with a lot of the middle-tier guys. And I think all of them offer pretty solid upside. All right. Who's your tight end this week, Jimmy? Well, you know, there's the trusty flow chart that I've been going for where you target tight ends against the Giants. So last week when I hit Garrett Selleck of the 49ers for a nice cheap 2700 uh, that definitely played a part in winning some money. So when I saw Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs are playing the Giants this week, uh, you know, money signs just started flying in from the skies. Uh, so I had to go Travis Kelsey, 7300 um, if the guys like Selleck and other no-name tight ends before can do that to, kind of damage against New York, I can only imagine what this guy's going to do. So I, he's got to be locked in. Wolf, what would you say uh, so if, if you had attack. to guess what Travis Kelsey would say about his matchup with the Giants, how do you think he would say it? Oh, uh, man, he's probably talking so much shit right now because he knows it's the softest matchup. He's probably already practicing all his stupid fucking end zone dances <laughs> that he's going to do right now. And deservedly so. He's locked into my lineup, too. He's probably going to be locked into pretty much everybody's lineup. It's too perfect of a matchup. He's too good of a talent. As much as I hate the guy, it's it's true. He's my tight end. And actually, that's my strategy of the week is I'm locking in, in Kelsey, and then my flex is Gronk. So if you heard my earlier mm. lineup, it didn't sound that sexy, but then you get to the two tight ends and the flex and the and the uh, the uh, tight end with Kelsey. I think they're both absolute monsters this week. Oakland's been horrible against the tight end, just like not as bad as the Giants, but pretty damn close. So when you get two absolute beast talents and great matchups, I think that's where I'm going to be able to differentiate, where a lot of people will be on Kelsey. Having Kelsey and Gronk in the lineup is going to be something not a lot of people do. And I think both those guys are going to explode. I like both of them more than all the big-name receivers, you know, Mike Evans, Mike Thomas, even some of those big-name running backs. Like Gurley has a hard matchup. Kareem Hunt's a good play at 8K. 
But overall, I, I just think the tight ends are going to be the ones that explode this weekend. Two of my top-ranked guys, and the tight ends are always a little bit cheaper on DraftKings because you technically only start one. So put those two studs into my tight end and flex and let them absolutely destroy. Love the Gronk-Kelsey play this I week. I like the Gronk-Kelsey uh, stack. I know Jimmy is, is often a fan of the two tight end uh Flex and, and tight end spots. I was a little disappointed that you didn't give us a Travis Kelsey voice when I completely set you up for it. But, oh, is that what you said? <laughs> but, no, it's okay. It's okay. I know you had a rough weekend, and so you're missing some of the obvious softballs. Well, the, gi- the Giants. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have a touchdown to everybody. I'm Travis Kelsey. Uh, yeah, I've been practicing my shimmy shake before I score this weekend. I can't wait to bust out a new shoulder bump. <laughs> We're going to play some leapfrog with my teammates. Yeah. Uh. You're killing me over here, Wolf. Oh, that, <laughs> that made my whole weekend worthwhile right there. Um, <laughs> there you go. Uh, Jimmy, who's Shooting your flex? Shooting up the piss and shit all weekend. Where you at? Oh, sorry. The potty training yeah, experience just uh, is not a fun one. That, I have a lot of illegitimate kids because I bang so many great women. I'm Travis Kelsey. <laughs> oh, it's so cool. Hey, Travis to, Kelsey knows all. We need to get together and, and watch his, <laughs> his reality show. We really do. I forget what it's called. I remember... Uh, I, I knew it at some point during last season, but we, we totally have to do that. All right, Jimmy, who are you rolling out at the flex? I got 4K left, so I'm going with Kenny Stills. Yep. Uh, the Dolphins, they're at home against the Bucks. Terrible pass defense. Um, so if I can get terrible one of those Terrible pass offense also. Yeah, just, just the whole team's atrocious. <laughs> terrible. But, <laughs> but if I can get one of those patented uh, Stills lines of uh, – you know, four catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown, good for about 17 points. I'd be more than happy to take that. But so, uh, you know, that's that's what I've got right now. It's plenty of time to change it, right? All right. Well, let's not tempt fate here before we have any more technical difficulty. Who are you rolling out at defense this week? I'm going with the Bengals. I have 3K left. They're facing Cleveland. So I absolutely love – or not not Cleveland. Who are they facing? Someone god-awful. Maybe Jacksonville's like facing Cleveland. The Cardinals maybe? No. Uh, Denver. They're facing the goal. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I actually picked up the Bengals' defense on waivers this week. Yeah, I think that's a worthwhile pickup, and they're a worthwhile play on DraftKings at 3K only. There are a lot of more expensive defenses that I really like to blow up for, like, 20 points. I like the Ravens at 3,400. I like Jacksonville at 4K. But right now, with the lineup currently as it is, I have the Bengals in there. And Jimbo, at 4K for your flex, give Burke had a shot. He's only 3,600. I think he has a lot more upside. I mean, Kenny Stills does have the deep ball upside. If you're going for the million dollars, that works. But consider Rex Burkhead is all I'll say. At 4K, uh, 3,600, I think he's a better high floor and similar ceiling to Kenny Stills. I think it's Stills. like the Wolves doing like campaign ads for Rex Burkhead. Consider oh, Rex Burkhead yeah. for, for <laughs> city council. You could Rex, a great city council. Rex Burkhead, you could do worse. Yeah. All right, <laughs> he just looks like a city councilman, actually, now that you say that. Though. I have no Rex idea what Burkhead. he looks like. But he sounds like one. Jimmy, yeah. who's your defense? Uh, same price as the Wolf, but I'm going with the Chargers. Uh, I had him before the news about Tyrod Taylor broke, and now that uh, was it Nathan Peterman is starting <laughs> Some, quarterback that, for that's Buffalo. That's right. That's I'm, right. Nathan Peterman. <laughs> yep, I'm, I'm all in on the Chargers. Um, so, you know, they got an elite front there with Bosa and Ingram. Uh, I, they should be able to shut down McCoy up front. Um, and with Peterman – running the ship i don't see many points coming out of the bills especially on the road so give me the chargers three thousand all right that's it that's said and done since we don't play kickers for some reason in dfs 
that's going to do it for this edition with Jimbo Slice. Um, any parting shots, Jimmy? Any, any predictions? Duke's uh, season, NCAA, are they going to win it again? Uh, I mean, after last night beating the number two team in the country with pretty much without Marvin Bagley, I'd be hard-pressed not to say that they're going to win it. So I like their chances. All right, folks, you heard it here first. Jimmy with some hot DFS stuff and as well as uh, Duke going to win the national championship prediction, <laughs> which you don't usually get in November, but that's the type of content you're paying for when you listen to the RSJ. Thanks for joining us, Jimmy. Anytime, guys. All right, we are back. You know that sensation you get, that feeling you get after you, you know, hook up with a Rashard Jennings type uh, that you've been waiting around in the in the bar, scoping out, and you end up going home with her. And the next morning, or maybe like two mornings or three mornings after that, you pee and you get like a certain sensation. What what would you call? <laughs> what kind of sensation would you call that? Do you mean like a burning? Like, yeah, I mean like a burning sensation. There you go. And you're Thank nervous. You. Yes, a burning <laughs> sensation. And, and you just hope it goes away in two days or else you have to run to the doctor and figure out what the hell you've contracted. Is even, that what you're yes, exactly. About? Even though you pr- you pretty <laughs> much have, you have a pretty good idea what it is. <laughs> Why Richard Jennings of all the people, like the ex NFL running back for the New York Giants? That's that just a, choice. Just throw, well, and dancing with the stars champion. True. Let's, true. let's not forget. I mean, he's, he's relevant, yeah. uh, you know, last year. Anyway, uh, burning is the word I was looking for. <laughs> and there are a few burning questions that need to be answered on this episode of the Fantasy Fullback Dive because I'm going into the five burning questions segment. <laughs> of when course, I hear the word burning, makes... I think to myself, venereal disease. So of anyway, <laughs> or something. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, we got five burning questions. I just thought I would lead in in a, a way that would make the wolf laugh a little bit. That was uh, mission accomplished, by the way. <laughs> um yeah, this is this is why even at, even as a middle aged man, I'm still the host with the most. Yeah, um, all right, absolutely. So we got some burning fantasy questions here that we're going to talk about, um, and there as follow. Let me just uh, go through my notes here because the wolf's done a little bit of pretty solid work here. We put that in our uh, group. Yeah, the general chat, chat right okay. there. All right, cool. All right, why don't you read off burning question number one while I get uh, caught up to speed, and we'll play them one by one. All righty, so Ezekiel Elliott has officially accepted his six-game suspension, meaning he won't return until week 16. That also means that headache of, is he in this week, is he out this week? That's over for now. With that being said, will any true running back emerge here? Is there going to be any real value? And if so, who's it going to be? So do you want me to pass it to you? I'm I'm happy to tell you what I think. I mean, I think you should answer as well. I don't really think – I don't think so. I think people are going to run out and jump on the Cowboys running game. Um, and I think that I'm not going to say they will do nothing, but they're not going to do anything worthwhile. I don't think so. I think, you know, the Alfred Morris is the guy I could see Rod Smith ending up being the guy maybe, but I don't think any of these guys are going to be huge game changers. I think if you have a terrible RB situation on your fantasy team, possibly one of them would be an upgrade, but I'm not expecting to see, uh, say 75% of Zeke or anything like that. And any of these guys, what do you think? I actually, I'm going to flip that a little bit and say I love the fact that McFadden only played one snap, so you can kind of take him out of this equation. So now it comes down to Rod Smith and Alfred Morris, 
And I really like Rod Smith out of those two. He's the lowest owned of all three running backs. He's only 26. It might have gone up this week, uh, but he's 26% owned as of yesterday. So Rod Smith offers the most three down upside. He was the guy in all the passing situations this past weekend. Um, played more snaps than Alfred Morris, who's much more game flow dependent. We saw this weekend if they get if they get down early, Alfred Morris is not going to be in the game, whereas Rod Smith will be. And now if he can inherit that early down work, two from Alfred Morris, and as a I think a superior runner, I think Rod Smith won't have a problem doing so within the next week or two. I could see him kind of being Zeke light. He's got the power running style. He's a three down back. And, you know, last week was a, it left a lot of bad taste in owner's mouth. Like no one's going to matter here, but Tyron Smith was out and that's huge for this offensive line. So once he returns, I think this is a a team that's going to be playing from behind a lot yet still, you know, try to establish the run. I could see because they're the game flow is going to favor more Rod Smith. I see him getting a lot of receiving work, starting to impress and eventually taking over that role. So to me, he's the guy, if anyone's going to emerge, it's Rod Smith and I could totally see it happening. So I like Rod Smith. We'll see. I'm going to be interested to see which one of us is right on this. This is because I, I really, I'm, I'm highly skeptical of the Cowboys running game. We'll it's see. easy to be. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I think that's, yeah. I think it's easier to be skeptical than not. I just have a gut feeling about Rod Smith for some reason. I really do. Yeah. I mean, if you ended up being right, I wouldn't be totally shocked, but I'm interested to see how this one plays out. Uh, question number two, this is the time for owners to find stretch run heroes on the cheap. Who do you see emerging for a massive late season stretch run? Multiple options are fine. If we talk about two years ago, that of course would have been David Johnson, right? Oh, yeah. So a couple years ago, David Johnson was that guy. You know, Odell Beckham a few years ago as well. There's just always these heroes on the waiver wire that haven't done anything all year and then just blow up for, I mean, way back in the day. I'm trying to think of some of the names. Uh, there's this Brown running back. I think his name was Jerome Harrison. I don't know if you remember that, but he had like 200 yards in three straight games, was never heard of again. So Antonio Bryant was a guy for the Bucks. There's just always these heroes. And I absolutely love trying to find that guy. And I think there's a few options here. One of them, I would say, is that Rex Burkhead, the guy we've been talking about a lot. I won't go much more into him. Uh, but I think he really does have some serious upside. If Gillisley continues to be inactive, he's going to be a huge stretch run guy. I also really like D.D. Westbrook of the Jaguars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, you know, he hasn't played all year. They're saying he's going to be eased in and have a limited workload. But Alan Hearns is, Alan Hearns <laughs> is, is out. Uh, he was on crutches the last time we saw Hearns. So he's been out. I think Westbrook's going to be on the field, and yeah, they might try to ease him in, but if he makes a couple huge plays early, how are you going to keep the ball out of his hand when you're kind of starved for playmakers there? So I think D.D. Westbrook offers a ton of stretch run upside. Corey Davis is is a pretty popular pick right now, and rightfully so, because he has such an easy stretch run schedule. He just hasn't really shown a ton, so he's not the guy that I'm sprinting out for. I'm very intrigued by Austin Eckler as well. Uh, the, I think that's how you say it, Eckler, I believe, uh, for for the Los Angeles Chargers, which is funny because we've actually talked about him on the podcast because there was a week where you were like, would you guess the top three running backs in scoring? And he was one of them. And I was like, who the fuck is Austin Eckler? I've never, I literally have never heard of that name and I've heard of everybody. Uh, but he had another huge game this weekend. I believe he had two touchdowns, was far more efficient on his touches than Melvin Gordon. He did have a costly late game fumble, but even then, uh, you know, as long as he corrects that, he looks very, very explosive. He's made a ton of plays, especially as a receiver. So I think he's going to continue eating into Melvin Gordon's workload. And if Gordon ever went down, he seems like he's pretty dinged up. He'd be an RB1. So Austin Eckler, another guy I'm very interested in stashing and potentially even using this week. So I like him a lot. So you think like maybe a year from now, 
when they're in London and, and they're getting down, you could hear someone being like, Bortles was in the club getting his dick sucked and Westbrook was watching. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Westbrook kicked out Ernst and took over right. the throne of watching Bortles. <laughs> Ernst was back at the hotel, back at his flat, eating fish and chips because he was uh, on crutches, he was. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, question number three. Danny Wood had... <laughs> Danny Woodhead, Greg Olson, and Corey Coleman all returning from the IR this week. Who makes the biggest stretch run impact? Um, and I would, I mean, we got these three guys in here. I mean, I would, you know, you could maybe put D.D. Westbrook in that group as well, although I guess he's not someone who is established as, right. as scoring, so we won't there. include him. Woodhead, Olson, Corey Coleman. Are those three who do you think is going to make the biggest stretch run impact? I have an opinion. Saw- What's your opinion? My, I'm going to eliminate Corey Coleman out of that. I know he had some great, he had a great week one and a good preseason was the number one target there, but their schedule is brutal down the stretch. Plus Josh Gordon could potentially be coming in there. I guess that's another name to add to that list. (laughs) Yeah, just for you, you know. Uh, So I'm going to consider Greg Olson and Danny Woodhead here. And I'm going to go with Woodhead. They, you know, he only played one drive this entire year. And on that drive, he had three catches for 38 yards, was clearly the focal point of the offense, just as we had predicted, because they led the league in, uh, other than the Saints, they only trailed the Saints in running back receptions the year before and passing game targets. So I think Woodhead comes in, immediately takes the job from Buck Allen and, and explodes here down the stretch. I do love Greg Olson's upside too. I think he's a great stash, but I'm going to go with uh, Danny Woodhead here. I am also going with Danny Woodhead uh, for a lot of the same reasons that you are. The other reason is I think that like there's a really good chance if you're in a 12, maybe even 14 team league that there's going to be people with serious deficiencies at running back. And, you know, being able to plug someone like Woodhead in that that is a potential game changer. So uh, to me, that one is pretty easy. I agree. I like Olsen a lot. As you know, I won a bet against you last year about Olsen scoring more points than Gronk. Now, granted, Gronk was injured for two thirds of those games and it was still pretty close. But uh, Woodhead is the guy that I think will has the chance to make the biggest impact. Number four, Mike Gillisley's Week 10 healthy scratch is a huge deal as it opens up tons of potential scoring chances in this high-powered offense, creating astronomical upside. Plus, the backfield goes from a four-headed nightmare to a three-headed nightmare, so kind of like a... Cerebus, the dog guarding Hades. <laughs> Last week, all three Patriots running backs, Burkhead, Lewis, and White reached the end zone. Assuming Gillisley stays out of this, how do you rank these three guys moving forward? Uh, and so I wrote that in the exact order that I ranked them, Burkhead, Lewis, then White. I think Burkhead brings the most to the table. We've talked about him at length, so we don't have to go too much more into it. But just again, so versatile as a power runner, receiver. He does it all, and he makes this offense more dangerous because he does it all. I think Lewis is going to be the best bet for you know 12 to 15 carries every single week. So he's probably got the highest floor out of everyone here. I just think Burkhead's going to get more of the end zone looks uh, and eventually eat away at that type of role, which makes Lewis more of a between-the-20s guy. And, and no one loves them because James White will inherit that receiving role. He'll uh, Not inherit, he'll continue dominating the receiving game looks. So I, I rank him Burkhead, then Lewis, then White's kind of the – the least sure bet because Burkhead's been very heavily involved on third downs now. I think White's the the least uh, sure bet for weekly volume. So I go Burkhead, then Lewis, then White there. I agree with that ranking uh, as a kind of an aside. Don't you think it's about time uh, some team goes hard after Deion Lewis? Yeah. So the trade deadline's already passed at this point. Right. And I don't mean this Um, year, but I mean just in general. This guy seems like a guy who could be a feature back. 
He definitely could. He, he was for us a couple years ago before the injury bug. Uh, and and that's the thing with him. That's why he hasn't been able to be a featured back because it's always the injury bug. But yeah, he's very explosive, got great uh, underrated power, just gets small and wiggly in the hole and kind of gets behind his blockers really well. I love Lewis. I think he's a great talent. And I think he could definitely be a featured back for as long as he holds up. But that's the rub with him. He always He always breaks down. All right, we're going to go right into the mailbag. Hey, I'm the mailman. I'm the mailman. Yeah, the real one. And the first question is from Pat. And this one's brutal, man. Uh, he's listing off five wide receivers, gets to start four of them. And first of all, solid team if these are his five choices. Choices are DeAndre Hopkins, Robert Woods, Adam Thielen, Juju, and Sterling Shepard. Uh, you got to sit one. Who are you sitting? Oh, that like you said, very stacked team. So that's that's a really tough one. I, I, Shepard's my favorite of that bunch. I think he's going to just continue rolling in the, uh, the easiest matchup of the bunch. So give me Shepard locked in. How could you bench Thielen after last week? You can't you bench know, DeAndre Hopkins under any circumstances anywhere. Right. I, I know I'm worried about Patrick Peterson, uh, but still. So that comes down to Robert Woods and Juju for me. And Woods, how do you bench him after a 33-point day? But then Juju scored in two straight. Oh, man, that's a really hard one. I'm going to bench Juju, I think. I just couldn't bench Robert Woods in good faith after the— But then he's facing Minnesota, which is a brutal matchup. It really depends on how they shake up their corners and who's on who. That's really fucking hard. I feel hard. like Brown has not been in the end zone that much lately. And also, I, I know it's like almost a punchline, but Martavis is back. And he did play like two-thirds of the snaps and, and got some targets and, and a few catches. He's the field stretcher. I, w- I would sit Juju also. But yeah. I, but I, it's a tough one. That's a really hard one. Good team there, Pat. Uh, all right. Dion Lewis or Isaiah Crowell? So for Alex, I'm going to say the Crow this week. Uh, he's got less competition for carries. And I know he sucked so bad early on in the season. But, man, he's been absolutely rolling. Draws a pretty easy matchup this week against Jacksonville in terms of their pass defense is ferocious. But their run defense has been pretty gashed. We call them like the funnel defense where you got to get them over the middle of the field. I like the Crow a lot. He's looked a lot better. Maybe he was playing dinged up early. I'm not sure what it is. But he's looked really good the last couple weeks. So I'm going to put him in the lineup and hope it continues rolling there. All right, uh, pick three of these guys. Mike Evans, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Amari Cooper. Or Dark or Eckler, right? Oh, those Which, guys are included in that? They're okay. included, but well, I would, I mean, I would say I would not put either of those guys in the conversation. Um, right, I agree. I'd say so let's I, both eliminate Dark and Eckler right off the top. Right. I think that was a Freudian slip, but it deserved it. I crossed those guys out, even though I like both of them. Uh, when you're looking at the, uh, the other four names, it's four complete studs. You got to lock in Evans. He's my number two receiver of the week coming off a, a suspension. He'll be fired up. I know their passing game's skeptical right here, but I'm, I'm going all in on Mike Evans again. I think he's going to be fine. Then I got to play Tyreek Hill. I think the, the Giants are not what they were. They've they've quit on their coach. They've got no defense anymore because no one's playing hard. So give me Tyreek, just such a boom bust guy. You gotta but play Tyreek Hill though. Yeah, you don't you don't sit Tyreek Hill at this point. So it comes down to Diggs or Cooper. And this this guy actually last time I told him to bench Diggs was the week that Diggs had like forty points. So I have a really hard time to saying bench Diggs. But the Rams have been very good against opposing receivers on the year. Whereas the Patriots have not. They've been absolutely destroyed. And I think this could be the week Amari Cooper instead of Diggs is the guy that blows up for like 30 points. So me personally, 
I'm going Evans, Tyreek, Cooper. I think most people would say Diggs over Cooper, though, but I, I like just Evans, Tyreek, and Cooper there. What about you? Um, I think I agree, although I will say that I, I'm starting Evans in that situation, but I am not all in on Evans like you are. I think that if you're talking about teams that have quit, you could make a case that the Bucks kind of look like maybe they've quit a little bit. Um, I know they won a really <laughs> shitty game last week, but they they are not impressing me on any level. I mean, I know Evans is capable of, you know, 15 catches and a couple touchdowns anytime. He's that kind of talent. He's certainly in my top three in this list. But, man, I'm skeptical of anything attached to Tampa Bay right now. Um, this one is from Jimbo. Well, I don't know if it's from him or if he's just shooting it our way. But sit one in a full PPR league. Mike Thomas, uh, Brandon Cooks, Stephon Diggs, and Juju. So similar to that last question, even though I love the guy, I, I'm sitting I'm Juju sitting this Juju week. There too. It's yeah. just such a crowded. You never know when Bryant's going to emerge and have the touchdown instead of Juju. So especially with Cooks in a potential shootout there, uh, yeah, I, I sit Juju. I think all those other options just too high end for for me to play Juju over them. Agree. All right, here's one. Um, this is actually one that I, I shot your way. This is not for me. This is for someone else in my league. But uh, he had Tyrod Taylor as his quarterback, who just lost his starting job. Uh, to the aforementioned, what is it, Nathan Peterman? Uh, yeah. Oh, right. Disgusting. Right. Nathan Peterman, uh, don't be surprised if in 15 or 16 years, we're, uh, you know, when we're ranking our greatest quarterbacks of all time, it's um, <laughs> Brady 2, Peterman 1. But anyway, <laughs> on waivers, there is Brock Osweiler, Tom Savage, and Blaine Gabbert. Pick your poison. I'm going to go Gabbert there. Like you said earlier, I'm just such a diehard You've Gabbert fan. You've always supported <laughs> Gabbert. You really always have. Uh, but I really think the matchup's right there. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Houston's been getting destroyed deep. Gabbert can throw the ball pretty deep, uh, and he's got the weapons to execute that type of offense. Looked great this preseason. I think Gabbert's going to actually be a very interesting stream this week. I'm starting him over Joe Flacco in a desperation spot. Uh, where I lost Watson in the league. So I like Gabbert. And I know you're hating on uh, Nathan Nathaniel Peterman or whatever his name is. But long I'm not hating on him at all. I think he's like, you know, we're going to be putting him in Canton at some point. I think he's going to have the schedule to allow such a, a type of development for this late season run. The Chargers are the hardest matchup they have left on the calendar, and they're not that hard of a matchup. So if you're in a 2QB league, I really think Peterman isn't an awful stash right now. He went 7 for 10 for 79 and a TD at, to, to close out the game last week. I know that's obviously when people are, the game's already blown out and out of hand. But still, I think Peterman could be okay. It's the, the guy they handpicked earlier for this scheme. So who knows? I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Gabbert for now, but I wouldn't hate stashing Peterman if I'm completely desperate either. All right, this one's from Justin. Uh, last week, playing Shepard and Funchess was clutch. He says, Kelvin Benjamin, Alshon Jeffrey, Jarek McKinnon, Emmanuel Sanders, Sterling Shepard, two wide receivers, one flex. I have to sit two of these guys. What do I Ooh, do? So pretty good list there. I'm definitely locking in Shepard. I've already kept, I've said, you know, just like I said last week, he's my receiver player of the week. I think he's going to explode. I think he's going to continue rolling again. Love Sterling Shepard there. I'm definitely playing McKinnon in the flex. I think he he's a game flow back, but this is a game where there it's going to be a shootout potentially with uh, the Rams, a good offense. And in close games, they keep McKinnon in as the pass catching back. Any games in that type of situation, he's had 20 points or more. So I like McKinnon to have another 15 to 20 point day. And then 
I got to pick between Alshon Sanders or Benjamin. Alshon's been rolling the last couple of games. He has three touchdowns over his last two, coming off a bye and facing a very susceptible Dallas secondary in prime time. The way Rhett Wentz and that offense is rolling, I like Alshon to get deep and score again. So even though Sanders is coming off his best game of the year and, and looked really good, I saw him live in person. He's facing Sensi. He, he's always been kind of a boom bust guy. So when you have a good option like Alshon instead, I'm going to go Shepard, Alshon, Jeffrey, and McKinnon out of those three. All right. Uh, this is from Will C. Doug Martin versus Miami or Isaiah Crowell versus Jacksonville? Ooh, that one's as close as it gets. I think I have 118 and 119. And the matchup's good for Doug Martin against Miami. They're the eighth ranked. Uh, they give up the eighth most points to running backs. So pretty good matchup. But still, I just, uh, I'm just i going to double down on the crow and say go with him. He's got the hot hand right now, whereas Doug Martin doesn't. And I, I couldn't keep Crow on the bench for another week and see him go for 15 again. So I'll ride out Isaiah. I would probably go Doug Martin there, um, and I would, I'm sure, end up regretting it. This you know is- what actually kills me, by the way? Because I got a Crow question last week, and I said to bench him. I didn't even realize this. It was the guy I was facing in the Fez. You know who he asked? is Crow versus this guy. He's like, I'm going to start whoever you tell me to because I'm facing you. He didn't, he didn't remind me I was facing him. He's like, I'm going to go with all with the wolf right now. I told him to play Robert Woods who had 33, and I lost by, like, 15. So if he had played Crow instead, I would have won. I'm just realizing that now. Curse that this crystal ball-like, you. you know, intellect that you have when it comes to fantasy. For other people, though. I know, it's for like, other people. It's that that whole conundrum I told you. The fantasy gods, they asked me that question. Your own success or for the success of others in your business? And I said, of course, I want the business in others. And as much as I hate it on a personal level and my team is trash in that league, I can't say I regret giving people good advice right now. And overall, I think the year's been pretty successful so far. So Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I like that people are coming to us for, for these sorts of questions. I'm glad Absolutely. you're hitting big, even if you're fucking yourself. Against the, me, yeah. Right. Fisting myself right. off. <laughs> Taylor wants to know, Rex Burkhead or Alfred Morris for RB2 this week? I'm definitely going to go Rex that. Oh, in that sure. One. I think Alfred Morris. We, sure. We, you know, you, there's no doubt who the, who the Wolf's going to go there. But I think the reasoning is Alfred Morris, definitely game flow dependent and facing Philadelphia. There's a real chance that the, the Cowboys get down pretty big pretty early, whereas Burkhead's going to be involved in all situations in a potential shootout game. I think he definitely finds the end zone. So give me Rex Burkhead over Morris for sure. All right, last but not least. You know what? La- I always say last but not least, but oftentimes it is least. Which yeah. waiver wire running back makes the better start this week, Jamal Williams or Austin Eckler? Ooh, yeah. disgusting. Yeah. I don't know what horrible owners considering that. <clears throat> Myself, ugh, disgusting. <laughs> right now, I have in Williams because I think he's going to be the sure bet for you know 15 to 20 yeah. touches against a Baltimore run defense that they've played decent as of late. And I think it's a lot because their nose tackle's back. Yeah, they've still gotten destroyed multiple times on the ground. So I think I'm going Williams, although Eckler is also facing a, a Buffalo defense that since they traded away Marcel Darius has gotten absolutely pulverized on the ground we saw what the saints did to him last weekend where kamara had one and ingram had three if i'm going for the hail mary and in that league i'm a 20 point underdog so i'm going for the hail mary i'm probably going to be tossing an austin eckler swallowing back some puke and just hoping he has another humongous day so who knows i'm going to go eckler for the upside though good luck i mean you already swallowed back a bunch of puke when you said start blaine gabber or pick oh, blaine yeah, gabber up off waivers <laughs> i didn't get to a lot of, a lot of puke that's getting dribbling. swallowed hopefully you you know, hopefully you can handle it. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, that's going to wrap things up for episode 49 of the Fantasy Fullback Dive. You want to talk a little social media before we go? 
As always, if you liked what you heard, we'd appreciate a five-star review or whatever you feel we deserve. We still love any type of reviews. One star is cool with us. Let us know what we can do better. But any reviews and ratings, we really appreciate on the iTunes, helping us get found by more and more people. We also appreciate any follows and shares on our social medias, Roto Street Journal on Facebook and Instagram, Roto ST Journal on Snapchat and Twitter. And for me personally, you can find me at Roto Street Wolf on both Snapchat, which is my preferred option, and also Twitter as well. So hit me up. Let me know any sit-start conundrums you have, any awful trade offers you got coming at the deadline, any funny side bets you have going on. I've gotten some great Snapchats lately. Some kid sent me a picture of his commissioner who like vetoed a trade that was bullshit and was like, does this kid look like a young Goodell to you or what? What a prick he is. And just funny little interactions going on with a bunch of the Snapchat fans, you know, Taylor and and uh, Kyle and all these great options on Saturday. We're having some fun with it. So if you haven't added me yet, would love you guys to do so. Snapchat, Roto Street Wolf, and just find us on all those social medias. It's great to interact with you all. All right, guys, that's going to do it. I am Nat the Truth Jones. And I'm the Wolf. See you later, guys. Best of luck in week 11. Later. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd. Take our final bow Oh, it's our time to go But at least we stole the show 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 Old-fashioned football right there, folks.